0: well hello out there and let me just get right to the point i don't know which one of you found out where i was staying but this one time i want to say thank you now normally a surprise visitor would be grounds for a move up or at least a chance to practice my aim but this one left me a gift a gift for yours truly Now I know I got some of the best fans out there, but I didn't know just how great until this. You hear that? Yes sir, that is a new, well maybe not new, but functional coffee maker. Even came with those things called filters, which keep the grounds out of my cup. Makes it taste even better if that were possible. So yeah, to my unknown fan, thanks. But keep my locale to yourself if you don't mind. A man likes his privacy. Now there is something to be said about taking gifts from strangers. And of all things turned out aces this time. From a man in the story today, things went much differently. So tune in and give a listen to... Opening the Sun. Steve. Come on, man, wake up. I groaned. Brandon had been beating on my door for at least a good five minutes. I swear, he's more annoying than any alarm clock. God damn, I'm up. My breath smelled like death warmed up. There wasn't a shirt one to be found. Let me in then. RA's been giving me weird looks. I opened the door and Brandon darted inside. He'd always reminded me of a weasel or a ferret, all wiggly like a wet doodle. He even smelled faintly of piss most of the time. I liked him a lot, though. He always had the hookup. Dude, how long have you been crashed out? His nose crinkled a bit. I admit I got a bit self-conscious. A couple of days. Lordy boy, the B.O. could kill a man. He waved both hands at me and stepped back to the door. Get cleaned up, we're going to be late. For what? Went through my own laundry, even though I knew it was fruitless. Ended up snagging a towel from my roommate's closet. He always left on the weekends, part of one of those mega churches back home. Benji's got some people together. When he said that, I was on cloud nine. Old Benji always threw the best parties. My cock swelled in the shower when I thought of the last time I'd been to one. It had been Halloween. i just helped a girl go for her first gravity bomb. She'd been dressed up as one of those teddy bears with the big animal heads, full suit and everything. After she'd gotten nice and baked, she stripped down and rode me like a life depended on it right there in Benji's bedroom. She even left on the teddy bear mask. You want to talk about a night nice to remember. Brandon talked about nothing on the way to the apartment, which was close enough to campus that I could walk but far enough to make me wish I had a car. As soon as I got up to the floor, I knew I was in for a treat. The whole hallway reeked of some dank stuff. My mouth watered. Lord God. Brandon took a deep breath and grinned wider than a fat kid at his birthday cake. You ready for a taste? I pulled out the spare key Benji had given me and opened the door. He'd done the place up nice. Lights were dim, and someone had painted little laughing faces all over the ceiling. Inside were the regulars, Bob and Lynn, on the big sofa. They were here so often, it was more a state of perma-crashing than visiting. There was also half a dozen others in various stages of drunk or high. Benji was nowhere to be seen, though. Brendan settled himself next to Bob in a cooler of beer, but I wanted a different altered state. On the back wall next to the kitchen was a group of sorority girls. I recognized a few of them from the kegger I crashed last week. One had on a gas mask with a hose attached where the filter should be. The hose led down to a vaporizer. Benji had nicknamed Dr. Kevorkian, because after one hit, you were gone. Most of the girls looked lost and spacey. The one hooked up was laughing and coughing so hard I could hear her through the mask. Someone must have decided to liven things up and start the stereo. As I helped the girl get the mask off, soft Indian folk music filled the air. It's like a train, don't it? I asked. Oh, so good. She slurred back at me with a wide grin. I took a hit off the mask myself, but not as big as hers. Still left me smiling like an idiot. Felt like someone had just pulled away all my bones. I stumbled into someone, nearly knocked us both over. Whoa there, guy. I steadied myself and two delicate hands guided me to a beanbag chair. I looked up at the woman who helped me to this ridiculously comfy seat. But that sweet leaf must have been messing with me. I couldn't quite look at her. It was like whenever my eyes tried to focus on her face, they couldn't. It was blurry and smudged. The rest of her I could see fine, though. rest of her looked damn good. You visited the dock yet? I motioned to the mask. She shrugged. Nah, I like my own. She held up a little glass bottle, giving it a shake. Things were starting to spin on me. What's your name? Sarah. Her voice sounded like Bell's. What you got then? She tossed the bottle at me. I missed it and hit me in the chest, rolled down between my legs. Will help? She laughed, and to my surprise, slid her hand down my crotch. Sarah traced the bulge there with her pinky before pushing the bottle into my hand. Careful, she whispered in my ear. Some fine young guys made it for me. It'll really open you up. With that, she turned away and was gone in the blink of an eye. My man! Benji clapped his hands on my shoulder. I jerked so hard, I nearly fell off the bag. Where you been hiding? I've been right here, brother. We both grinned at each other and cracked a few beers. We invited some of the Stone sisters and laid in real smooth. I tried to ask a few of them about Sarah, but every time I tried to describe her, I couldn't. It was the damnedest thing. Things stayed pretty chill at the party for the rest of the night. Benji got so sloshed he couldn't keep his head up, and I decided to bail before I ended up slumped next to him. Brandon was making it pretty heavy with some skinny thing in the kitchen, so I headed out on my own. It rocked not having a roommate who stayed stuck in the dorms. I could come in every weekend and be as loud as I wanted. I put on a death metal CD some local kids had been giving out and tossed the bottle on my bed. For some reason I felt like going through the mail which had been building up on my desk. Most of it was just bullshit but one of my advisors stood out. Seemed they were threatening academic probation if my grades didn't go up. The wording was pretty dramatic. Ah, I can't have a little fun, I asked nobody. Speaking of fun, my eyes fell on the bottle. I still had a good buzz going, might as well keep it up. Whatever was in the bottle smelled like air after a rainstorm. Ionized, electric. I quite liked it. I upended the bottle and swallowed the contents in one gulp. It was thick and flowery, like rose water mixed with olive oil terrible mouthfeel. I looked around for a bottle of water to help wash it down, but I was fresh out. So I sat on the bed and waited for it to kick in. Ten minutes went by, then thirty. Nothing. Only a bad case of dry mouth. Maybe the shit was bunk, or it didn't mix well with the beers and pot in my system. So I looked again around the room for something to drink. I noticed that things had started to take on an orange hue. It was weird. It reminded me of looking out of those sunglasses my granddad always wore. God, my mouth was dry. I was starting to worry that if I kept breathing, my tongue would crumble into a puff of dust. I figured that things starting to look like they were splashed in Sunny D was just the start, and I should quench my thirst now rather than risk leaving my room later. So I headed out to the water fountain across the hall. Now, normally the water that came out of it tasted like ass, but I was so thirsty, it tasted like ambrosia. I must have drank enough to kill the camel. When I leaned back and straightened up, my head started to spin a bit. Tried to gain better footing and ended up bumping into a guy who'd been making his way down the hall. It was the skinny kid who sometimes sat across from me in music. He struck me as an odd duck, but he liked Megadeth, so that made him fine in my book. Easy there. His voice might as well have been a thousand miles away. As soon as my hand touched him to keep from falling over, he'd felt as if I'd been gut-punched. I pushed myself away, but time slowed down to a near standstill. I fell back for what seemed like forever until I was braced up against the water fountain. That's why I noticed the thing crawling its way from the kid's head. It had the shape of a man in the same way a shadow does. Only instead of black, it was a brilliant orange. It was like the sun-kissed fruits you see on those commercials about farm-fresh juice. It was such a brilliant shade that it stood out against the sun-washed filter over my vision. It had a face, too. There was a jagged tear where the mouth should be, behind shown a kind of white static. Like when an old TV doesn't have a signal. Same with the eyes. It gave me no mind just kept pulling itself out of the guy's head. The kid hadn't seemed to notice it at all. The thing's body began to undulate. A light flickered from within it. An image started to form, then another and another. In the images, I could see the guy. He was sitting on the edge of the bathtub, naked. In one hand, he held a knife, which he dug into his skin on the inner thigh. He was carving a new line to join the rest of the scars there. With his other hand, he vigorously rubbed one out. He was crying. His tears seemed to run down his face in time with the blood down his leg. I ran, even though my legs were still jelly. The kid said something to me, but I couldn't quite hear him. All I could hear was the roar of blood in my ears and the pounding of my own heart. When I rounded the corner of the stairwell, I slammed into Lily. Lily was a cute little thing who often snuck into her boyfriend's room to spend the night. Everybody knew about it, but no one really cared. An orange peel hand shot out from between her perky tits and pushed into my chest. I was slurped up. That was the only way I could put it. It felt like it drank my mind, and I was somewhere else, someone else. I was Lily, and I was in the boys' locker room. The musky smell of sweat was so heavy that my head started to spin. Although not from disgust, it was intoxicating. Behind Lily's eyes I wandered through the lockers, past still moist showers, and into the toilets. The reek of piss came strongest from the last stall. The floor was cold on Lily's knees as I kneeled in front of the porcelain bowl. There were dull yellow specks of urine all along the seat. There were goosebumps. A shudder. The wet smack of pouty lips. So loud in the brilliant bathroom. As sudden as it had happened, I was out of her mind. Free from her memory, though with the lasting taste of piss on my tongue, I nearly puked. Lily looked as horrified as I did, if that were even possible. Shame burned her face. Whatever had happened, had happened to us both. She knew that I knew. Lily didn't say a word. Just walked away with slow, deliberate steps. I sat on the roof of my dorm and just watched the sun start to rise. He bathed to the ground below in hues of gold. There, dim grays and even blues peeked out across the sky. People started to wake up and move about. Started their day. I watched as a few of those shades rose up from them floated around like swaths of spoiled sunset. Some stuck to other people, drifted onto their skin. One floated up to me. It settled between my shoulders, sank down into me up to its head. I didn't feel a thing, but took a long, deep breath and stepped off the ledge.